0: Uh, Last night, the Lord came to me and gave me a word. I just want to share with you real quick um, to be discerning in the season. I just want to share with you what's going to happen over the next few months uh, so you can kind of be prepared and don't say nobody told you. However, um, the Bible says very clear in Romans chapter 8 that God makes all things to work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to His purpose. That is the end of the race. And that's the end of the race. So we know he's making all things, not just good things, not bad things. All things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. All things. So um, over the next few months, if, if you think the first seven months have been crazy of this corona mess, it's going to get worse over the next few months. So that's okay. Not necessarily COVID and stuff. I think we've kind of all begun to see that COVID is, it is, is a serious thing, but it's, it's about as serious as the flu Um, And and ultimately, we're all going to be okay with COVID. It's more or less an excuse to shut everybody and everything down. So we're not going to do that. Um, But... Um, The enemy has tried his best to seep in and divide and conquer um, Mm -hmm. because that's his only strategy. He doesn't have any power. All he has left is a voice. In fact, I've heard it said before, uh, if you read in the book of Revelation, that when we see him, we'll actually look and say, well, you mean this? This is the one that deceived the nation? This is the one? Uh, Because he's nothing more than a, a mouth or maybe even a mouse with a microphone. But the reason he has a microphone is because we give him breath, and we're not going to do that. Uh, Not in this place or not in any place that I have anything to do with, even if there are only 14 of us that bother to come and submit ourselves to the Lord this morning. I know that sounds funny, but it's, 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 a, it's a crying shame. We haven't been here for a month, and, and I thank you guys for, for those that you did come. I know there are a couple of people that are sick, but we should, have, we should be more excited about gathering together as the body of Christ and coming together. Um, there will be 10,000 people in Hickory at a Trump rally today, and we can't get 50 people to come to church. That tells us that our priorities are completely upside down. They are. Not just this church, across the place. You know, and I'm go to Trump rally. I don't care if you want to go to the Trump rally. I'm for that. Go to the Biden, go to any rally you want to go to, but we should rally together as the kingdom. Our mandate has been lost. It's been forgotten because we're so partisan. We're not prophetic anymore. We're pathetic and not prophetic. And, and I know, and I want you to vote. I'm going to vote. I promise you. I won't tell you who I vote for because half of you would leave. And if I didn't tell you the other half would leave. So it doesn't matter who I vote for. What I do know is no matter who's president, Jesus is King. Do I think there are people whose platforms align more with God? Of course I do. I'm not a fool. Do I read? Do I study? Do I vote according to what I feel like the Lord has told me? Of course I do. But my hope is not in man. Because if my hope is in man, I would be, of all people, the most hopeless. My hope is in God. And I believe that he can establish and put into whatever office he needs to have, a person in office, to c- cause his mandate to happen. Yes, I believe that our future is bright. In fact, I've said before, our future is so bright we need to wear shades. But I, it would be remiss of me not to tell you what I've seen prophetically that over the next few months, especially the, the, the days and weeks following Tuesday, things are going to get crazy. You just need to buckle up. It probably doesn't even take a prophetic to say that, but it is going to get that way. It's okay though, because you're His children. You're of a different kingdom. We're of a different kingdom. We're of a different race. We're of a different realm. And if we see ourselves as that and we don't identify as anything else, we see ourselves first and foremost as sons and daughters of a king, of a kingdom that cannot be washed away, of a kingdom that will last after nations have passed, and a kingdom that will be here, then, then, then our, our faith is not shaken or moved. It, we might be challenged, but our faith won't be shaken or moved. Amen. So, today for the next few minutes, I'm going to talk about seek first the kingdom. Uh, I should go back and say, so through the night I was up, I've been up since two fourteen. Um, I knew that last night, all Halloweens, you know, people are crazy, but last night specifically, it is a truth. And it is a fact that across the nation, even in Statesville, you may not know that Statesville is a witchcraft stronghold. Don't get afraid, but it's a, it's a fact. It's a known fact to anybody that's uh, spiritually aware. Um, my father came out of the occult and we've dealt with that as you know, for years. Um, there were curses and hexes and all kinds of stuff. These, these witches gathered together to do everything they can uh, to divide the nation, divide the kingdom, to divide the country, to, to divide God's people. And it's sad to see that we don't have more prophetic voices sending them to say, we will, not on my watch. This is not going to happen on our watch. And so this morning, before any of you got here, a few of you may have been here, uh, we declared and began to open up the heaven. And I saw a river of glory up here. It was a golden river. And I saw uh, things of the enemy and plans of the enemy drown in that river. And I saw those sons and daughters of us swimming and enjoying the beauty, the life more abundant that he promised us in that very same river. So, um, you know, the fire of God is hell to those that don't and it's heaven to those that will. Amen. Amen. Well, I feel like I'm on a roll today like I'm on a roll today. Um but I love all of you. Please, you know, sometimes we have a come to Jesus meeting at my house. I'm the father as you know of six, and sometimes you just have to do that. Sometimes we need to do that in the house of God. I hope you don't feel like I'm trying to I'm not into the stomp on your toes stuff. I don't like that. I'm not into that stuff. There are some truths that have to be said, and somebody's going to have to take a deep breath and stand back and just say, come what may, this has to be said. This has to be said. Today I want to talk to you about seek first the kingdom. Just for a few minutes, we've completed the 10th month of this year. Happy November 1st, by the way. Uh, The Lord is not done with this year. I don't want to sound bleak and gloom and doom. I just wanted you to be aware of what's coming. Uh, Let me tell you what's coming after everything else comes. The glory of God's coming. Let me tell you what else is coming. The river of God is coming. And it's going to swallow up any and every plan of the enemy. It is. Look around. Look around. You think the enemy's not at work? I don't need to go over everything that's occurred this year. We've lived it. And God knows once was enough. Wasn't matter the old song, once was enough for me. Country song. We're two days away from our national election, which will no doubt affect the entire world for at least the next four years, probably a generation. I've watched and seen many that I know, including in this church, passionately defend their candidate for president. And it's on both sides. No problem. I don't have a problem with that per se, but I do think we as believers have gotten off track. I'm one of the very few preachers around that I know will tell you who will not tell you who to vote for. Right now in this city, there are preachers standing up making their plea. And depending on what side of the city you're on, it's going to determine the candidate of why you should vote for that individual candidate. I'm going to tell you for a fact, Jesus would not waste his time with such nonsense. Are you saying I shouldn't vote? You absolutely should vote and you should pray. And the Holy Spirit will tell you who to vote for. But, but for the love of God, you, this is not the platform to get up and say, you better go vote for Biden. Or you better go vote for, vote for Trump. That's not what this is about. This is supposed to be about an all-encompassing kingdom that is not a partisan divide. I'm not, I promise you, I'm going to vote. But my hope is not in that person. I'm not sure how constructive telling someone who to vote for is anyways. I have friends in this town that are preachers that literally are telling their congregation this morning who to vote for. It happens on both sides. In fact, there are some telling everybody to vote for Joe Jorgensen. I will be voting, but my, p- vote is not, or my hope is not in a presidential candidate who will serve for a relatively short term. Instead, my hope is in the one who reigns forever. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Period. Period. The major issue I have with this particular election is because is we have conflated political parties with the kingdom of God. I know I have to say some hard things. We've conflated that. That means we've lumped them together and said it's one and the same. And if you think any political party is one and the same with the kingdom of God, you don't know very well what the kingdom of God is. I'm not, saying that, I'm not saying that the platforms can't align. In fact, that's how I think you should vote. I think you should find out what, what actual platform, not what the pundits say. Look at what the platforms are and say what most resembles the Sermon on the Mount, the Constitution as given by Jesus in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and that's the candidate I'll vote for. You should do that. I hope to God you are. But his kingdom is not confined to a political party, and we as believers were never meant to put our trust in a man-made system. I believe it's our civic duty to vote, and I have no problem with you voting your conscience. In fact, I hope you do. What I do have a problem with is brothers and sisters happily dividing from each other based on political affiliation. We, this is in all caps, are family. If I were with my six children, and when they grow up, I think that I'll know the way they would probably vote. Who knows what the political system and the landscape of the nation might be then. I believe, here's what I do believe, I believe that it's going to go, uh, I believe we're going to move Godward. I believe we're going to move more towards the kingdom. I don't think the United States is the kingdom, but I do think that the kingdom, is, uh, the, it's a part of the kingdom. Just in the same way that all of the church is in the kingdom, but not all of the kingdom is in the church. I think that all of the United States is in the kingdom, but not all the kingdom is in the United States. In fact, I'm getting ready to do a, a message after here in my office for um, the Kamanapalis over in India that I go across the nation. Well, you know, p- the, political spect- the political system in the United States affects those in India, but they have a whole life that has nothing whatsoever to do with what happens on the, this election on Tuesday. Amen. We're family. And if I had to sit down with my children and say, guys, what, and we've done this. God, what in the world are we fighting about? Are you, re- are you really willing to divide with your brother and your sister because of what you believe politically? I really believe, and all, if, with, with all of my heart, if everybody wrote down on a sheet of paper this morning the issues that they would like to see, let's just say in this church that they, that they believe in, I think that we, I think we're a lot more, uh, alike than, than we probably want to give ourselves credit for. I think we're really more for the same thing than we think we are. We've just been duped into thinking that one or the other candidate represents all of those things. Instead of saying, you know, one may, one may not, then that's okay. But my hope's not in a candidate. I'm not worshiping a man. I, we, I, I'm not a part of the Sanhedrin that says we have no King, but Caesar. The church leaders of Jesus' day literally said that. The Sanhedrin church leaders should have been saying, wait a minute, this is the king of the Jews. But he didn't look the way that they thought he would look. The kingdom didn't come the way they thought the kingdom would come. And by the way, the kingdom comes the same way that the king came. It comes by birth and it comes by seed. And I'm doing my best to, to unfortunately, having to plow some fallow ground and plant some seed this morning so the kingdom can manifest in your life. At some point in your life, you will look back and say, man, that guy really was trying to help us. He wasn't trying to step on toes. He wasn't trying to, he was actually trying to help us. Might take a while. We're family before this election and we're going to be family after. We cannot allow ourselves to be isolated from one another because of politics. That is not kingdom. That is antichrist. What? You mean? Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. I mean, if you are willing to split relationship with a human being based on who they did or did not vote for, that is the spirit of Antichrist. That is not the spirit of Christ. Here's what I would do, Father. Help them to see, as you see, have a heavenly perspective, and then vote the way that you tell them to vote that way. And then when that happens, let God handle what God needs to handle. Your vote is significant, but it is not more powerful than your voice. And your voice should be declaring, thy kingdom come. So how do we handle these strong beliefs that we have? And I I know you have them, and I'm okay with them. I have them too. I'm careful when I express them because wrongly expressed, it could hurt people that I don't want to hurt or mean to hurt. Keeping our hearts in check and do our civic duty first, we must recognize that before anything else, we're citizens of the kingdom. It is an everlasting kingdom, which is bigger than the United States or any other country. And it'll last long after the United States. And who knows? The United States may last as long as the earth remains. I don't know. I know every empire that's, that's been so far has fallen, although I don't like, like some of these preachers, to compare the United States to any other empires that have been uh, evil empires that have dominated people. I know we have a story past, but I believe in my heart that the United States has a whole lot more good going for it than we ever had evil. And that if we look towards the way we were actually founded and the reasons for which we were actually founded, it's not as bad as they like to paint the picture to be. I think it's actually better than they think. I think that, have you ever heard of, of when the Lord spoke to the, one of the founding fathers, George Washington, and called him son of the republic? Have you ever read that? Have you ever read? It's, it's amazing that God had the United States in mind, but not only the United States. And we're a far cry from what we were back then, but uh, we're coming back to his kingdom. We are under the sovereign rule of Jesus Christ, the righteous, who has given us his spirit to lead us into all truth. And we are part of a kingdom that does have a constitution. It was given in Matthew 6. Not long after Jesus' baptism, he preached what we know as the Sermon on the Mount. It can be found in Matthew's chapters 5 and 6 and 7. Matthew 5 has the Beatitudes. You remember the Beatitudes? Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the poor, for they blessed are the merciful. The, you know the beatitudes, for they shall obtain mercy. What he's doing, he goes up on a mountain, just like Moses went on a mountain. But instead of saying, Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, he's going to say, Blessed art thou for this reason. He's literally pronouncing a blessing upon the citizens of his kingdom. And that's the way the constitution of the new covenant started. In Matthew chapter 5, there are the Beatitudes. In Matthew chapter 6, it holds the pattern prayer, the pattern prayer, not the Lord's prayer, the pattern prayer, which is this. When you pray, pray like this Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. You've heard me say it. Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. He is establishing his kingdom, he is speaking his kingdom. When God wanted there to be an earth, he didn't just form an earth, he spoke an earth. And when Jesus wanted there to be a kingdom, he didn't just form a kingdom, he spoke a kingdom. And he said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And then Matthew chapter 7 includes the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So we have the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 6, Sermon on the Mount, we have uh, uh, the, the, the beginning of the Constitution, and uh, the pattern prayer prayer in Matthew 7, we have the golden rule. This encompasses the Constitution of the New Covenant. I want to hone in today for, on chapter 6. Let's read Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25. Just 25 through 34, Matthew chapter 6, New American Standard. For this reason I say unto you, this is Jesus speaking. Now, this is in the midst of turmoil. Let's let's put ourselves in context with the people that he's talking to. They're currently under Roman occupation. They live currently and constantly in the fear... That the government that is, at any time, is going to take their possessions or destroy them or or essentially cause them to be slaves again as their ancestors were in Egypt. They lived under this. The mighty Roman Empire dominated the land of Israel and Judea during this day. So when Jesus is speaking, he's not speaking to what people understood as a free society. He's speaking to people that are currently in in bondage and in captive to this Roman occupation. And you have a sect of these people who have said, we're sick of this occupation occupation. We're sick of the government tyranny. We're going to overthrow them. And I said before, if your influence and your focus right now is on overthrowing a government, you're more of the spirit of Barabbas than you are the spirit of Jesus. If you think riding in the streets and killing those that are doing things is somehow going to change things, you're of the spirit of Barabbas. That's not the spirit of Jesus. In fact, Jesus would look at, Jesus would look one day at Pilate and say this. He said, you would have no power at all over me. Except it were given given you from above, and then he said this. He said, "My kingdom is not of this world. Listen to me; don't miss it. Don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my angels fight, or my citizens, or my soldiers fight? But again, my kingdom is not of this world. However, the kingdom is in the world, not of it, but in it. And he, because he would look and say, he would look and say to Caiaphas, and you will see." You will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven. Now, how did he say that? Are we talking about the second coming? No, we're talking about Jesus appearing in his people. The Spirit of God appearing in his people. The cloud of witnesses represents the company of believers. It represents the family of God. He said, you're going to see the kingdom. The kingdom doesn't come with observation as you suppose. Oh, man. Now I feel like the preacher's getting on me. I don't really want to preach, but I feel like... The kingdom of God does not come with observation as you suppose... It doesn't come in two ways. This is two meanings. It doesn't come in observing. You think you're going to see it. It doesn't come with observing laws and statutes and doing good and doing bad. The kingdom is birth. He said, you can't even see the kingdom unless you be born again. Hmm. For this reason, I say to you, don't be worried about your life. This is Jesus talking to these people who are under Roman authority and Roman occupation and women who have lost their children because the Romans have killed them. The authority has killed them. They have believed, the the Hebrew people have believed now for some thousand years that their Messiah would come like David came that he would overthrow this Roman occupation, free them, set up a natural kingdom and natural Jerusalem and reign from that city. And they would be triumphant over all their enemies, including all the Romans and everybody else that opposed them. That's what they thought was going to happen. And Jesus shows up and the Bible is very clear in John chapter one. He came unto his own, but his own received him not. Why? Because they did not recognize him. And I'm telling you the spirit of God and the Christ has come again and we don't receive him because we don't recognize him. We want him riding on a, on a donkey or I'm sorry, on a horse in Washington DC. And we don't know that he's the seed of God that has been sown inside of every human, every man, boy, woman, and, and child with the word of God. That's the kingdom. That's where he is. He came into his own. He's also come again unto his own. But his own is not receiving him because he doesn't look like they thought he would look. He doesn't act like they would act. And he's not overthrowing all the enemies. And, And essentially what that means is we want to be the ones that are right. And we want to be the ones that rule. And Jesus knew that that was their heart. So he said this. I tell you what. Those of you that want to rule, you be last. If you want to be leader of all, you be the servant of all. For the first will be last and the last will be first. They were, I said, they were jockeying in the upper room, Jacob, for who was going to get to sit beside. You're coming to, it was, they're just crazy about this. They have a picture of, of authority and power as though, as though it's an oppressive thing. And Jesus was trying to change and, and, and give them a a paradigm shift. Like, no, no, it's not about oppressing things or suppressing. It's about releasing and, and, and his kingdom is not one of oppression, but a kingdom of liberty. And it's not just liberty for some, it's liberty for all. I better get back to this. This is better. The scripture is better. For this reason I say unto you, Jesus' words, do not be worried about your life. I mean, these Romans could kill me any day. Don't be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is the life not worth more than food? And the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the sky that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather crops into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. He's comforting his children. Are you not much more important than they? And which of you by worrying... Can add a single day to his lifespan. I would go a step further. Not to add to or take away. Not only can you not add a day by worrying. You probably are reducing your days by worrying. I know a man that died at 57. Because of stress and worry. All of us knew him. And we all love him. And he lives inside of us. But he ain't here today because of stress and worry. And the enemy will do anything he can. And it doesn't matter which which side of the aisle you're on. Or which news channel you watch. To do everything he can to work up fear. Because fear is an incredible motivator. If you still love me, just throw your hand up and say, man, I love you. Cool. I love you too. And why are you worried about clothing? Notice how the lilies of the field grow. Here's a mystery about the lilies of the field. Did you know lilies in the Bible are a representation of resurrection? Consider the lilies of the field. Consider how even the flowers out there that seem to be insignificant overcome death. They do not labor, nor do they spin thread for cloth. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. Do not worry then saying, what shall we eat? Or what are we going to drink? Or what are we going to wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly father knows that you have need of all these things. And this is the verse I wanted to get to. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be provided or uh, the original text shall be added to you. Seek first his kingdom. That is a mandate that I believe is 100% and completely lost on the Western church. This should be the way that we approach every area of our life, including how we treat other people, including how we see other people, including how we vote. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and the things that all the other things. Essentially what he says, if you seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, you seek. The word seek means to passionately pursue. Pursue. It literally means that. That is the Greek rendering, to passionately pursue. Seek, passionately pursue the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? The Basileia. I've told you before. What is the kingdom of God? I've told you a hundred times. I seek the royalty, the rule, the realm, and the reign of God in everything first. Before I divide among uh, partisan politics, I seek first the kingdom. Now, you should vote. It is your civic duty, and I'm thankful that most of you are going to vote. I know what the outcome will be. If you want to know, ask me if the Lord lets me. I'll tell you because he's already shown me. We have a glorious future ahead of us. Don't misunderstand me. But in the short term, it's going to get a little chaotic. That's all right. We can handle chaos. Here's what we don't do. We don't allow the storm that's rocking the boat to get inside of us and cause us to be afraid. Because guess what? Jesus is in the boat with us. I'll go Pentecostal on you in a minute. It's going to get rocky. Get used to it. It's going to, it's going to get rocky. But Jesus is in the boat with us, so don't worry about it. Just wake the master. Say, Master, because by the way, he's so at peace with the storm that's coming, he's asleep in it. You know that you've got the peace of God in your life when you can sleep on a rocking boat in the middle of a storm. And there is a company of people that, that know what's coming, that know who their God, who their God is and knows, and, and, and knows that, that no matter what comes, I won't let this storm around me become the storm within me. In fact, not only that, I will cause the peace that is within me. Here's what the Prince of Peace does. The Prince of Peace takes what's inside of him and speaks it. And the storm that's around has to answer to the peace that is within him. The Prince of Peace declared peace and the storm had, he even said, peace, be still. And it had to happen because his voice spoke it. It was the same voice that said, let there be light. And there was light. And it is the same voice that is in your mouth when you say things. So be very careful to seek first the kingdom of God because your voice carries power. You may not think it and you might not have fasted and prayed and done all the stuff. But your voice carries power because you are made in his image and after his likeness. You are a creator. And you are creating all the time with your voice. That's why you should be very careful the things you say. Say them after you've sought the kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things <clears throat> excuse me, will be provided to you. So do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Or the way the King James says it. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Verse 33 is not a standalone verse. Seek first, But seek first the kingdom. It begins with the conjunction But. And that implies it's connected to earlier thoughts. Jesus talks in verses 25 through 32 about worry and stress and fear. Do you hear those words? Listen, worry and stress and fear. They have become the predominant themes in our culture today. And I would probably add to it anger. Mainly because we have little idea what might happen tomorrow. Very few say COVID and worse yet, the effects of COVID coming. Cities are on fire and the riots, the senseless murders, the fiery rhetoric from leaders. We have all experienced that we have become a psychological experience for the power brokers in the earth. We are, we have become the psychological guinea pigs for the power brokers in the earth instead of being the prophetic voice that God called us to be. And a real prophetic voice will have the power brokers call them and say, what's God saying to you? When I was in uh, in in um, Ghana in 2000, let's see, Dad, 2011. When I was in Ghana in 2011, I preached, and I had a gentleman that came and said, "Hey, look, the, <clears throat> excuse me, the president of Ghana wants you to come to his house." We actually drove by the house. Uh, wants you to come to his house and sit down. His wife is a Christian; he wasn't, and he wants to talk to you about possibly on a crusade in a stadium. That's pretty big news. It's pretty cool when, a nation, when the president of a nation wants you to come and sit down with him. It's not the first time and it won't be the last time that, that, the, that the quote, quote, power brokers in the earth are looking to the real prophetic voices in the earth to say, hey, what does your God have to say about the current situation? It should be that way. And every one of you should throw your shoulders back and keep your head up and say, this is what the Lord says. Well, what does the Lord say? Here's what the Lord says. My kingdom knows no end. What's the kingdom look like? The kingdom looks like the king. What's the king look like? Laying down his life for his friends. Yeah. Love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. Do that when you vote on Tuesday, or if you've already early voted, got congratulations. If you've already, early, I hope that you did it thinking about love your neighbors yourself and love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I hope that after election day and when you find out that brothers and sisters of yours voted for the other candidate or one of the other two candidates or did a write-in of Scooby-Doo or whatever it is that they do, that we still learn how to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Fear, stress, worry, and anger have become the predominant themes in culture. We've become a psychological experience in guinea pigs for the power brokers in the earth. And we are, if we are not discerning, <coughs> excuse me, that's not COVID, don't run out. If we're not discerning, we will succumb to the worry and the stress and the fear and the anger. That has been the theme of our loves for the last several months. And to be sure, it's going to get worse. I believe the next few months, I just wrote it down this morning, will be more intense than ever before. I honestly believe the next few months through the end of the year, probably even January and February, are going to be crazy, crazy intense. And if we're not absolutely centered and focused on him and on, on seeking first the kingdom, then we're going to be caught up in the mess, which is worry and stress and fear and anger. Don't allow <coughs> what you say and do in this season. Don't allow what you say and do in this season to cripple your influence in the coming season. You, got, you, bet, you I'm telling you, listen, this is a powerful word. You may not like it, but it's true. Do not allow... Do not allow your stance and your voice and your opinion in this season cripple or cut the legs out from under you in the coming season. There have been so many things. In fact, I've actually posted things and the Lord said, take it off and do it now. Why? This is how I believe. I didn't tell you to put it on. You take it off. And I mean, I'm passionately believing this thing that I've put on there and the Lord will f- cause me to take it down. Like you've seen the memes where this is, uh, you've written some of the Holy Spirit you or they're holding your, holding your mouth or whatever. He does that to me all the time because I got a big mouth. And I'm very passionate. Please don't think that I'm not involved or I'm not passionate about this election or that I'm not passionate about, about the Supreme Court. I'm glad, I'm thankful to God that Amy Coney Barrett's in the Supreme Court. But the Supreme Court that, I, that, that, I'm, that, that I'm really most concerned about is the Supreme Court of, 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 of the sovereign God who reigns forever and ever and his son who sits at his right hand and the Holy Spirit who's, who's active in the earth. That's the court that we should be most concerned about. If I was a visiting minister, I would say, after today, I can say I came to True Vine once. <laughs> I, promise you, I don't know if y'all would have me back. It's going to get worse. The next few months are going to be crazy. We've only seen a portion of what's going to manifest. There are things at work that if I told you all the details of things that I know by the Spirit and things I know by the natural, I don't think a lot of you probably wouldn't believe me. In fact, I've had a lot of people that have said, you're, 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 you're a coot. Because of, but I know what's true. I had a dream. I'll tell you one dream that I had. I had a dream recently uh, during COVID. I don't know when. In fact, I think it's when I probably had COVID. So probably back in like March or April. And in the dream, I was standing in a kitchen with my mother at an island. She was chopping vegetables or something. It wasn't a kitchen that I recognized. It's a big square island in the middle of it. And the Lord Jesus appeared to both of us. And he said, hello, pastor. He just appeared for us and said, I said, hello. He said, I wasn't talking to you. Exactly what he said. He said, I wasn't talking to you. When he said that, a staircase opened behind me that went down under the earth. And he said, because I'm about to send you underground. I became to understand and know by the spirit of God in the days and weeks to come. Uh, a, a lot of, of things that are happening underground, i.e. Uh, sex trafficking, things like that. Human trafficking. It's one of the worst, ugliest, and if you think it doesn't happen, that's because you're duped or dumb or both. I don't know, but it's happening. I have friends of mine that, uh, very close friends, and I have ministerial friends that have given their lives to help uh, end adult and child sex trafficking. And if you think that some of your politicians that you are vehemently uh, voting for and backing are not a part of that, then you are of all men most deceived and you have no clue. And so what God is doing in this hour is he's sending not politicians, but prophetic voices. Do I think he can use politicians? Yep, and he's going to, and you're going to see it. And thank God that he's already begun to do that. I'm not saying that he can't, but before he cares about a politician, he always sends sons and daughters with a prophetic voice to open things up. So there's a whole lot more at stake in this election. And I know that you know that. And so I'm okay with you be passionate about it. No problem with you. What I have a problem with is you're willing to divide with your brothers and sisters that probably are just out of ignorance, don't know any better, or don't understand what's actually happening. I've gone, I've I've taken a couple of very, uh, very well-known ministers to task in private messaging over their lack of belief that any of this stuff is actually happening. I know that it's happening. I know people that have come out of it. and the Lord is sorely displeased that it has been allowed to go on. And that's why there's been a shaking. What did I tell you? The last message I preached here, and there was also about 40 of you here that day, an unshakable kingdom. And that's what we are. And the Lord said, there's a shaking coming, and everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And when will he stop the shaking? When you can't be shaken. That's when the shaking ceases, when you can't be shaken anymore. And he's shaking up the political system. And he's shaking up last n- night before last. Night before last. We had no electricity from Thursday morning until yesterday at about probably 4 or 5 o'clock. And the night before last, I was laying in the bed with Elizabeth. And we had our windows open because it was hot. And there was a swirling wind. Not, not Thursday when the storm was, but uh, Friday uh, into Saturday morning. I think is when it was. A swirling wind. And the Lord said, there's a judgment coming in the realm of politics, in the realm of religion, in the realm of finance, and in the realm of education. There's judgment coming. How many times you hear me preach, say stuff like this, but it has to be said. I know this isn't fun and I know this isn't, the, this, I didn't feel better when I left church today. Well, this is not about you feeling better. This is about me speaking a truth that has to be spoken. There's judgment coming in religion. There's judgment coming in politics. There's judgment coming in education and there's judgment coming in finance. The good news is when he judges and he, and he takes the witness stand and he's also the judge, it's good news for all of us. It's great news. We always automatically assume judgment means condemnation, and it does. But when God condemns the evil, then he ignites flames for good. It's a good thing that's coming. But because it's coming, every force and power of darkness is going to do everything, and it already has started, everything that it, that it can to fight against it. And one of, the, one of the number one ways that the enemy uses, or one of the number one weapons that the enemy uses to fight against the advancement of the prophetic and the advancement of the kingdom of God on the earth is apathy. It's apathy. Do you know what apathy is? I hope that God, you know what apathy is. It's a lack of care. Yeah okay, if I do, okay, if I don't. No, we can't. We need to be focused and we need to be speaking into our families and we need to be speaking to this generation that is and the generation that is to come. (sighs) If we keep our focus and perspective on the world, we will stay in an endless cycle of fear, anxiety, stress, and the like. And that's by design. Those who control the fear control the masses. Those who control the fear control the masses. Those who control the fear control the masses. But Jesus gave us a remedy for that fear and worry about tomorrow. In the beautiful verses, seek first the kingdom of God. Do you think that Jesus didn't know that 2020, November 1st, 2020 was going to get here? Or March all the way through March is that essentially when this stuff started manifesting at large? I mean, I know it, it; it was released earlier, but at large, I think March is when the shutdowns begin to start. And we looked around and said, "Man, what in the heck's happened?" You know what else the Lord told me? We did a lot of us have not. Dis- Don't miss this. This is a word from the Lord. I promise you, believe it or not, we have not all of us discerned the opportunity that God has given us in this time. He said that to me, and I'm like, "Whoa, really." I felt like he was almost rebuking me, but not rebuke like you dumb kid, but like son, I'm trying to give you something. You're not taking advantage of it. The opportunity to, to, uh, to refocus to recalibrate, to recenter uh, where our hearts should be and where our minds are and where our focus is and where our efforts are. Recenter, refocus, recalibrate. We shut down the world and, we, and all of us, none of us saw it coming. I mean, everybody was preaching 2020 is a year of perfect vision and not a one of you saw it coming. So stop with that. Maybe one of you, I don't know. This is supposed to be a joke, but only Barbie left. None of us saw this coming. None of us saw the turmoil that was going to come. Very very few. Some of the prophets. No, nobody knew. And here we are. And yet, and yet in the midst of it, the Lord is saying, I've given you an opportunity. So here's, what, here's where we are. Here's where we are. This is this extended shutdown mess. I want you to see it as an opportunity to recenter, to refocus, to recalibrate where your heart is and where your spirit is. And make sure that it is Godward. And make sure that it is Jesus-centered and kingdom-focused and not partisan-focused. It doesn't mean to remove yourself from the political spectrum. It means don't be dominated by it. You got to vote. So seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and these things will be added or provided to you as it says. So do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I'm going to read it. The message Bible says it this way. Steep your life. This is the refocus I'm asking you for. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, and God provisions. And don't worry about missing out. The FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. Don't worry about that you'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. God, I love that. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever the hard things come when the time comes. The Passion Translation says it this way. So above all, primarily, first, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom. And the righteousness that proceeds from him, then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Above all, literally, first and foremost, pray and seek to see the kingdom. Now I'm going to finish. The Basileia, the Basileia, the kingdom of the, is the royalty, the rule, the realm, and the reign of God. One theologian, wink, I love this. He says the kingdom is, is, is using the New Testament. It reveals the new world order exemplified by the life of Christ. God, I love that. When I read that, the new world, we hear that word all the time now, you know, the new world order. And this is the way it's, or our new normal. No, Jesus revealed our new normal in the way that he lived and the way that he walked and the way that he talked and the way that he walked with power and humility. Imagine that. What a, what a paradox Jesus was. He walked at the same time with ultimate power and, and, un, and uncommon humility. That's what we're supposed to do, Jacob. When we walk the earth, we should have the power of God on high through our voice, but to be so humble that we would never use it to try to hurt our brother and sister. Above all, literally first and foremost, pray to, see, uh, to seek and see the kingdom. Wink says, I love this, I, I, it's, it's the New Testament reveals the new world order exemplified by the, life, by the life of Christ. To seek means to passionately pursue without relenting. We are to passionately pursue those things that exemplify the kingdom life found in Jesus. Jesus is our example. Jesus is our forerunner. Jesus is the one that we follow. Jesus is the example. Jesus was the end sample. Everything about Jesus is what we should be following after. In fact, Paul would even say to his disciples, follow me as I follow Christ. What does he look like? How did he react to people? How did he expose things? How did he keep things hidden? How did he reveal? How did he forgive? How did he say judgment? What did Jesus do? How did he respond? He is, after all, the logos of God. He was everything that God ever thought about in human form manifested, which is what we should be passionately pursuing. In other words, start here. Before you go into... Your, your day. I heard, a, I was listening to, a, I don't even know who, what her name was. I was listening to a, a, a lady on who calls herself a prophet. She, she might be, I don't know. Uh, but I did like, she did say one of the things that she said, a lot of things she said, was just wasting time. It was just a bunch of generalities. I mean, the Lord says the walls are gray. Well, okay. I mean, the Lord says, let there be drums set up here. Well, we see that. Can you give me anything specific or you just kind of deal in generalities? I and mean, that's the way that I think when I, when I, when, you know, prophet, if you got something to say, say what God has to say. I don't need a prophet to tell me that piano has got red and black on it. But she did say one thing I like. She said, I wake up every morning and I never move until the spirit of God speaks to me. I'm like, Ooh, I like that. In fact, the Lord made me listen. Cause I'm like, God, I'm done with this client. I don't want to hear her anymore. She's annoying me. You're not done. You listen. So I listened and I got to the point where. I, had to, I heard the thing I needed to hear. First, start here. Seek the kingdom first. Look for his rule. Look for his royalty. Look for his realm and look for his reign. Whatever aligns with that should bring peace. Uh, Tony Bunton was famous for saying, uh, I won't allow anything to steal the peace of my home. Think about this. Has anything that you've experienced over the last seven or eight months stolen your peace? And if it has, it is in direct conflict with the will of God. Jesus is the prince of peace. His father is the king of peace. That's why, that's why Abraham tithed to Melchizedek. Because Melchizedek means king of Salem. Salem means peace. So you could, the inference is, if Jesus is a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, and Abraham tithed to Melchizedek, and all the Levitical priesthood tithed to, tithed to God in the bosom of Abraham, then you might want to think about Melchizedek in terms of being you know, a, a possibly a Christophany. <laughs> a lot of you don't even know what Christophany means. It's an appearance of Christ in the Old Testament. That's all it is. Seek first. Start here. Seek his kingdom. Look for his royalty, rule, realm, and reign. Whatever aligns with that should bring peace. And anything that does not align with that is disqualified from having a voice in our hearts or our minds. The word of the Lord is sharp, it's quick, it's like a sword. And sometimes it divides the way we feel from reality, from what we know in our spirits. I want to say this publicly, so I appreciate all of you that are here this morning. And I hope that you don't ever think that I take you for granted. I certainly don't. I love the people that aren't here this morning. I'm not mad. I just, it's a little disappointing when the Lord is trying to move and do something and, and coffee and TV is more important than coming to gather together. That is, that is frustrating. That's disappointing. We haven't been here in a month. But that's not my focus. I learned a long time ago that the measure of success in a ministry is not noses and nickels. It's are we making an impact where we go in life? And I know we're making an impact. I know that for a fact because I'm on a daily basis. People reach out. And it's not just the people that come to the church. It's people that are watching. Uh, our podcast, and that happens in around the world, literally on every continent except Antarctica. I've been reached out by people who frequently watch our podcast and frequently are built up and frequently are being discipled. Jesus didn't say, go make church people, church members of all nations. He said, go make disciples, disciplined ones, and discipline requires... Anybody that's ever worked out knows it requires discipline. Discipline c- requires work, and it requires having to do something you don't really probably want to do. But once you start doing you appreciate what you've done. When Jesus said, go make disciples. I know these type of services are not the kind where you feel great, but I promise you it's cause and discipline to, to be in your life. I want you to see what's coming. I want you to be aware of what's coming. I would be a, I'd be a, Jesus is the good shepherd, but I'd be a, a bad a, a rendition of a shepherd if I weren't to tell you what's about to come. But I can tell you, you might be like a sheep and they may be like wolves, but right at your back is a lion. And there ain't no wolf in the world going to tackle a lion. So, well, here's what we do. Listen to this. Wise as serpents, harmless as doves. That's what Jesus said. You're to be wise as serpents. Know the way they think. Know, their, know what they're for. Know what they're in it for. And that, it's, it's easy. If you've got any amount of discernment at all, you can tell what, what a motivation or what a motive behind what they're saying or doing to you is. Wise, but harmless as a dove. A dove, it's amazing. The Bible says, when Jesus came out of the river, John said, I saw the Spirit of God descend upon Jesus like, he's not a dove, but he's like a dove. I love this. Bill John said this. I'm going to give this and then I'll get out of here. I love this. This is not original to me. But he said, uh, he said we should do everything that we do. He said, if, the, if we want the spirit to remain, John said, upon whom you see the spirit of God descend to remain the same as he, as in the son of God. And he said, if you imagine a dove lighting upon your shoulder and you wanted that dove to stay on your shoulder, then every move you made would be with the dove in mind. Every, every word you speak and every movement you make would be in mind that I've got this dove on my shoulder that I don't want to fly away. Now, the Holy Spirit's not a dove, but it's a good it's a good example. And so the way that I treat people, the way that I speak, the way that I move is going to be if we do the same thing with the Holy Spirit, if we seek first the kingdom of God and make every word that we, th- that we say and every move that we make, every Facebook post that we do, every Instagram post that we pay, if we do that with the dove in mind, then the dove will stay, the Spirit of God will stay, and our influence after this season will be prophetic and not pathetic. If we don't do it with the dove in mind, then after, then our post-political season uh, uh, influence is going to be completely and utterly wiped out. And you might still love people. They're not going to listen to you. I really am trying to help you. It may not feel like it, but I really am trying to help you. Do it with a dove in mind. When you post, when you say, when you do. I mean, believe me, I, I have to. This is a discipline. There are, I want to say, can you not see clearly? This fool is not for God or whatever. I mean, believe me, my 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 family knows, and they know they're not to say anything about my political leanings outside of that house because God knows, you know, the last thing I need is more stones to get thrown. But but I I, I'm very careful because I know that I know that His presence rests with me, and I care more about His presence than I do about having influence with the masses. I care about His presence. I care about His Spirit. And, I, and I'm one of the few preachers to tell you and say, I don't have it all worked out. I don't know it all, but I know the one that does. And I would rather entertain his presence than to act like I know everything. I don't. But here's what I know. I know, that, I know that I have people that I love that are going to vote for Joe Biden on Tuesday. And I know they have people that I love that I know are going to vote for Donald Trump on Tuesday. And I refuse to separate myself from either one of them for whatever reason. Because in the end, we're family. In the end, we're one body and we're one bread. And by the way, anybody that votes for one political party or another, they do so because they've been convinced that that's the right person to vote for. What are you mad at them for? It's what they've been convinced Joey, Joe, you're funny. Joey just sits back there like this. I'm telling, I'm telling on a couple of my friends that we saw last week. They said when I say when there are services like this, they all they all look at each other like a, like little ferrets, and they're like like looking for each other, like God, what's happening? Like a whack-a-mole, pop, pop them down, get back down. <laughs> You are so powerful, it's ridiculous. And every demon in hell is afraid of you lifting your voice as a son or a daughter of God and say, You can't divide me. You can't make me be against Barbie. No matter what you say, and I don't care what she's done or hasn't done. We're more powerful together than we are divided. The only tool the enemy has in his tool belt is to divide and conquer. He has no chance of conquering if he can't divide. So refuse to be divided. Let them vote for who the heck they want to vote for. Love them anyways. I mean, it's not like we, we've lived through godly administration since we've all been alive. All of us have seen morons for, for presidents. And all of us have seen people that we like presidents. And we've lived through it. We're still here. We're still meeting. The presence of God is still here. The kingdom of God is still established. That's right. Keep the main thing the main thing. Right. And if they vote for somebody else, God love you. I bless you. Come over here and give me a hug. I love you anyways. Right. I'm, I, I hate the political season because people become mean and vehement about it. Believe in what you want to believe and I'm good for that. Vote for who you want to. I'm fine with that. Share what you want to share. I'm fine. But be careful that you don't completely and utterly cut your legs off in the, in the post-political season because the kingdom's, the kingdom's forever. Okay. Should I have an altar car? I can make you afraid of something. I think something to be afraid of real quick. She said it's a good time. It is. You don't know which one of you might wreck your car on the way home tonight. You come get right with God. Nobody's going to wreck their car. Here's a prophetic word. You're not wrecking your car on the way home. You're going to go home. You're going to enjoy this week. You're going to go Tuesday. If you're not already, you're going to vote. And the kingdom of God is going to continue. And the prophetic word inside of you is going to increase. And the kingdom's continuing because I see a piece of the kingdom right there in Jennifer. Every time a baby's born, it's God saying, I want the earth to continue and I'm going to fill it with people that are just like me, that have my voice, that have my face, that have my heart. <laughs> now preach. No. No. <laughs> a prophet told me years ago he had a vision of me and the vision he said I saw you and you laid your head on God's chest and he said and your head sunk through God's chest until your ear landed on his heart and the Lord said you have my heart he, he hears my heartbeat before my father died he told that woman right there if something happens to me and the ministry can't, if you can't handle or, or whatever needs to go on it's okay to turn things over to Josh he has my heart were those his words? His exact words. When Sidney Smith came to the church for the first time, he prophesied to my father who sat on this side of the church. And he says, it's okay to tell him this stuff. He was t- t- talking about dad. He said, because the father said to him, he has our heart. The Lord is looking for a people who has his heart. I believe it or not, it probably doesn't feel like it. I've shared his heart with you this morning. Everything that I've told you this morning is what he has told me to tell you. Sometimes I want to look at me like, man, can you give me some fun stuff to say? I want to prophesy somebody's going to be a million dollars and a tither in this church. I want. I want to prophesy to somebody here. You're going to have a house at the beach in Destin, Florida, and it's going to be given to you. And the Lord's going to tell you to give two weeks a year to the Buttons, the Josh Buttons and the Jeremy Buttons. <laughs> Uh, look, I got more amens from the last three minutes of jokes. God can do all that. Only if we seek first the kingdom. If you seek first the kingdom, then the things are added. We want the things to be added and forget about the seeking the kingdom part. God rewards faithfulness. Sidney Smith looked at my face. he's looked at Jeremy's face. He looked at all of us. And said, before, God always rewards faithfulness, son. Always rewards faithfulness. So be faithful in this season. Let's all stand. Father, to the best of my ability... And I know that it's not fun, Lord. You know that I would much rather, Lord, give a word that's, that, that, that motivates people and that moves their hearts, Lord. That, you know, moves them spiritually and emotionally, Lord. But you told me to do this, and I do it, and I, put, I feel like I'm way out there on, on the branch. But I know that if somebody comes and saws the branch, the tree will fall. The branch will stay in the air because you put me out here. So I said what I believe you told me to say. What I know that you whispered in my ear. I will not argue with you when you tell me to say these things. And I know the people that, that, that heard it that are here, Father. I pray that it goes deep into the soil of their soul like seed. That the kingdom would grow within them. That when we come through this election cycle, which is unlike any that we've ever seen. And I believe that you have candidates in place. You know my heart on that stuff. And I believe that I know your heart on that stuff. Lord, but I refuse to slash my brothers and sisters based on a partisan, uh, partisan divide. When we come through this season, let us come through united. Let us come through as, let, let this be a model for how the kingdom is supposed to operate. Not be sucked into the system. Not be duped and to be in dummies for one side or for the other. But that father, we would take very seriously our mandate to seek first the kingdom. Seek first to relentlessly pursue your royalty and your rule, your rule and your realm and your reign in the earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on the earth. Help us to seek that first and then give us the the millions and the houses and destiny and all the other stuff. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. God love you.